Good morning, everyone. And Good welcome morning. to How to Stay Married. So, so far. far. That's when they usually have stupid music, isn't it? Yeah. And then lots of really loud voices come on going, we're going to be really annoying so we're no, not going to do that no but we, what we are going to do actually is because we suddenly realized we've done thousands of these things and um i noticed somebody had left a comment the other day saying are you on instagram how come we never said that so i am at nadia Sawala and family on instagram um, and i'm at mark underscore adley a-w-d-e-r-l-e-y it's that L-E-Y. L-E-Y. That's where it goes wrong. A lot of people used to call me Alderly when I was a kid. Yeah. And Alderly. Such an odd name. And I do like it, though. Yeah, I think it's unusual. It's yeah. different. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, and also, if you're listening to this on iTunes, we are loving the number of people who are leaving comments, which we will then share to our Instagram accounts. Um, Not all of them, of course. Well, some of them. I do. Pretty much most of them. Unless they're really horrible, which there aren't many. Um... And if we love it when you when you give us a score over there. So um, anyway, so whether you're listening or whether you're watching our ugly mugs, well, my ugly mug and that beautiful thing sitting opposite me, though she did do the most spectacular fart. Mark! Did. Why have you said that? Well, we're going to get far more, far more mucky than that in this one. So this podcast is a curious one. It's a curious one because, strangely, after however long we've been doing this podcast... I kind of had a, a little kind of furtive look up the list of subjects that we've done, and I thought, oh my God, we haven't done this. And yet I'd seen and heard on social media that you discussed this topic on Loose Women recently. Um, and the topic is birthing, and especially in our case, home birthing. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we did. We talked about it on Loose Women on Friday, actually. Yeah. We were talking oh, right, was about, that recent? Sorry. Yeah, we were talking about... Um, half of us were saying that we wanted... Well, actually, no, all of us. All of us. Actually, all four of us, I think, said that we wanted to know a lot more mm. than we did mm. when we when we went into labour. Now, I just want to put a, a disclaimer here right at the beginning, that if you're one of those people that would prefer not to know, mm. then, then don't listen to this podcast. Yeah. Because it's going to be a very honest podcast of, of what happened there's there's a good and there's a positive and a not and a and quite a negative experience with both births here. Yeah, yeah. So you'll be getting both sides of it. But I think what's great about this is we're gonna hear from a man's point of view as well, mm. which again we don't hear enough and often enough. Strangely, I was just reading through some of our previous um podcasts and some of the comments and I found a lovely comment from a man that was under our miscarriage mm. um um, podcast, and he was—he he literally asked, "Was it okay that he still felt the sadness and the loss?" Because mm. he was a man. It kind of broke my heart, really, that he could even ask that. So I'm really hoping that any men that listen mm. um, could would would comment and and let us answer back to you. Well, I do think, and I, you know, I, I do think it's interesting when we did do that miscarriage chat. I had I did have quite a few uh, correspondences with people mm. on various platforms and in my life where they were saying. Oh my God, we've never even thought of it from the perspective of the man. Not yeah. like it happens to the man too, I eat a lot. awful, isn't it? And we were talking to someone the other day who said that he'd had, um, with his partner, experienced several miscarriages. And I tell you what was odd about it, and I'm not going to go off on a tangent here, but it just reminds me of the importance of talking about the male experience mm. of birth in general, um, was when he said it, something snagged in me whilst I was in the, whilst I was talking to him. 
And I realised how much I just paper over that feeling and emotion and sort of and sort of almost square it away as a bloke yeah. to think, because it didn't become a life, it's not something I should be, you know. So so anyway, so this will be quite a, an interesting conversation because I don't think we've talked about it for a hell of a long time, actually, together. No. The experience of home birth. No, and, maybe, and just birth anyway. Yeah, just well, maybe, maybe anyway. just to sort of as a, as a starter for 10. Obviously, when we met, and I'll just quickly rattle through this, I'd had two children. Yeah. Um, I was there for the birth of Izzy at the age of 23. And the, scale to one, and the scale of 1 to 10, how traumatic was that at that age? At that as well, age. Because she was so young. And how much did you know about what was going to happen? Didn't know anything. So in terms of the choices we were making, we had no clue whatsoever. It wasn't so as, how did you make the choices? I, we kind of just thought there was a preordained structured right. way. The okay. hospital, we slotted into the kind of tailwind, if you like, of a, of a system yeah. Yeah. that takes you to places. I mean, I remember words like doula coming up. I'm not knowing what the fuck they meant. I and now I want to train as a doula. Right, well, there you go. And I remember things like, well, obviously, uh, pain, pain relief and all of that stuff coming up. And I remember, I think at the time, I was that classic kind of bloke, which was like, okay, hospital, as much pain relief as you can get. I know how I deal with this. I just jab as much as I could into me to get the thing out of me. Um, and, but I do, it's funny you should say all that, because I do remember one decision made by the midwife at Lewisham Hospital when we had Izzy. And the decision that that midwife took was to dim the lights in the room. And I remember her saying, this is a big deal. Why was it a big deal? Well, because doctors, like, when they come in to sort of deliver the baby and everything, oh, want it God. to be bright light. And I That's remember when I she said that, that was my, the closest I came to thinking there was choice in wow, how you had a baby. was when she said, we're going to dim the lights, as if this was a remarkable gesture wow. towards our comfort and what have you. Wow. Yeah. That, that blows my mind. Yeah. Because... That tiny thing is where is is yeah is, within that little is the seed that that, yes. that through all my decisions about birth grow from. Yeah, and just quickly, just to add as well, obviously there was Fleur came along five years later, and her mum didn't want me in the room with her, uh, so I wasn't actually in there with her. But it was a very tough birth. It was a very difficult birth. I remember being very worried about that. And that was an interesting experience because it was the only child that I wasn't in the room for. Mm. And that Aww. sense of helplessness and frustration and fear and worry and all of that sort of stuff it was palpably more extreme because I couldn't be in there. She went in there. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And it's I funny because it. I've it often... Going, going on. I've often said on Loose Women, and people always take take sort of umbrage with it, that I wouldn't have forced you to go into the labour room if you didn't want to. Right. Because I think if somebody really, really knows that mm. that sort of the blood and the guts and all of that mm. is not, you know, that they would find that very difficult, I, I don't necessarily think mm. men should be forced into it. Mm. And they were like, well, we've got to go through the blood and guts. I said, no, but I think somewhere that could affect a relationship. I don't know if somebody mm. really, really didn't want to go in there. I've just realised really panic-strickenly that I didn't check Nadia's shot and it's the first time I haven't. I'm in the shot. It could be just your nose in shot, so no, I apologise. I'm in the shot. Um, so, okay. Do you want to come and check the shot so you feel more confident? No, shall I? Shall I yeah, go check fine. the shot? Why if you're wondering the what shot? the hell we're talking about, it's because we also put this podcast onto our YouTube channel. Oh my God, you're miles away. That's awful. <laughs> That's absolutely awful. Sorry, there's going to have to be... That's just the most diabolical framing. Sorry. No, don't you move. Oh, I've God. moved it. <laughs> oh, my God. You've had, how many years have you worked in telly? I thought it was all right. I didn't want it too close, to be Shocking. honest. I'm looking a bit rough. 
Um, so there we go. Sorry, listeners. Sorry, listeners. Um, um, but that, so that is a snapshot of, in two very different ways, the formality surrounding my experience. Of, well, of I don't think we should just do a snapshot because we don't have the experience together of being in a hospital. What would just, no. without, without, because obviously we don't want to uh, invade uh, your partner at the time's privacy, just from a totally male mm. perspective, how did you find that the doctors and nurses treated you? Because I hear well, a lot about how they feel yeah, very well, here, left out. Here's the curious thing. I mean, some of the mitigating circumstances of Izzy's birth were she was born, I mean, staggeringly, as about as close to Christmas as you can get on the NHS. Yeah. So she was born on the 20th of December. So there was a distinct feeling that the, 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 the hospital was at low marks. Yeah. Uh, and people were away. Yeah. You know, and that's a, why the fact that Maddie's born on Christmas absolutely, Day, absolutely. It, apparently it's so rare to be born on Christmas Day because they will manipulate well, so it so that you're not. There's so much isn't there, that they can nudge you and yeah. hold you back and all that. Uh, what's it called when they instigate you? Um, um, yeah, induce, instigate you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the thing I remember being most... I love that. I was instigated. Yeah. The thing I remember being most stressed about and focused on bizarrely, was my bag of 50 pence pieces. Because I remember, I must have read a guide somewhere, but I remember the most vivid line of advice wasn't anything about... No hot towels? Or... No, it wasn't anything about... The, obviously, I was, I was considerate to, to my partner and uh, was wanting to, to... You know, obviously, we were in love and I wanted it all to go well. Um, I got fixated with having the right number of 50 Ps because, of course, it was pre-mobile phones... And, and I knew I had oh, to and you phone love, people. You love, you love a practical thing like that, don't you? I love like an administrative that, task, and just like my man. Oh, I bet you were a nightmare with your yeah. 50p's. So I had, my, yeah, but I had all my 50p's, <laughs> and then in the end, I, I, God, I can't remember who came. But the feeling of the hospital was so, because it was at low mast, it was very formal, but I don't think, it wasn't a particularly horrendous experience. There was a complication, I don't want to break uh, privacy or anything, there was a complication rhesus negative blood and all that kind of stuff. So it, it got a little bit touch and goy at the end, not for Izzy, yeah. but for her mum. Yeah. And so I know there was a sort of you know, and I and it was an interesting, it was an interesting and distressing moment because of course I was given Izzy, and I was just aware that this slight, it felt you know there was an yeah. urgency to the staff. But how were you treated? I want it from a male perspective. Oh, just well, because I was so young, I was just like get over there, go over there, yeah. be over there. Have you got the fifty p's? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they were so... I'm totally... Yeah, <laughs> the 50Ps. This is me. Yeah. This is and my moment. I do remember at one point the midwife calling me over. I thought I remember this very fondly. And uh, my partner at the time, Izzy's mum, the, the midwife said, please come over. She needs to hit someone. No. Yeah. That's so I went, hilarious. I went over and she put... I mean, she was in... You know, she yeah, of course. We know. She was hitting me in a horrible yeah. way. But she was hitting me. I said, okay, I can do that. I could do that. Thing of 50Ps. Hit me. And she you know... Hammering into my so I think the idea was that the the father was a punch bag, a stress release, and a means of communication with the outside world. That was about it. God, God, that's just so different from. Yes, yeah, so that was my yeah. That, that was my and then the other experience with Fleur was just standing in a corridor with a total disregard for me wanting to go in and so I, I couldn't see. They didn't let me see the baby. It's yeah. bizarre. I mean, I did. I saw. I was at the hospital yeah, for the some birth, women but just I didn't don't see. Want the I didn't see there, Fleur. Do I didn't see Fleur's mum, and I didn't see Fleur. God, bizarre, bizarre, bizarre. I'd love to know more about that. But again, you know, it's there. We mustn't. We and mustn't. and I, you know, coming out of that experience, 
moving into other relationships. I think also after Fleur, I never envisaged I was going to have children again. So my thoughts never went to what other choices are there in the world for child delivery. And then you meet me. Yeah. I'm almost making hippie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, I thought I was going to go down a helter-skelter of self-suicide through, you know, drink and drugs. And I just, Mm. I was going to go that way. Mm. Uh, So I never, genuinely never, ever, ever even had the smallest kernel of a thought that I would have any more children. Really? Absolutely. I wanted to, the family, but I thought it was beyond me. I'd made an absolute royal mess of it twice. It, it I didn't happen. know that. Oh, God, yeah. No, I no. didn't know that you didn't, you didn't think you were going to have more children. I so, remember you saying quite a few times, I can't believe I'm married, I can't believe I'm married, I can't mm. believe... And, yeah, I didn't realise it was yeah, that no, deep. Yeah, no, it all just seemed so strange. I mean, it seemed, that's why there's such a sort of magic, I think, to our relationship and the girls. Uh, because... For me, the shutters were coming down in in so many different ways. God, how have we got here? But the shutters were coming down. I was pulling, actively pulling the shutters down through lifestyle choices yeah. and addiction choices and all that kind of stuff. Well, not choices, but you know. And and so, you know, scrolling back from the seriousness of what all that means, <laughs> the last thing I was thinking about was what what choices there are in childbirth oh, yeah. in the world. Yeah. Not at all. I'd had mine. First was all right. The second was, I'd say of the two, I, I, I feel. The biggest disconnect and trouble with the second with Fleur, because mm. I felt so disconnected, mm. and that uh, that upset me on on many levels. But I don't want to go into all of that. Yeah. Too much detail. So then I came along. Yeah, this strange woman. A, who wore, what would technically be known. Who wore bracelets on your ankles. Yeah, and what would what is the technical term for somebody of my age? It's something. Geriatric. Yeah, it's a geriatric month. They actually do call you, because yeah. I was 38 when I got pregnant with Maddie. Yeah. Um, 39 when I had her. Wow, were you? So I was yeah. only 33, so I'm still quite a relatively young dad. Yeah. 42 when I had Kiki. Wow. Yeah. So I was only 37. I mean, we are so blessed. Obviously, we had miscarriages in between, but I mean, what a blessing to be able to naturally have mm. two babies at that age without any fertility treatment. I mean, I literally, I still can't actually believe that. No, no. Um, and, you know, I... So presumably you were pretty... Were you well informed about childbirth choices? It never occurred to me to have a baby in hospital. Just was never, I mean, never. You weren't, you weren't born in hospital, were you? Just no, I was born yeah. at home, but yeah. it was, it went very badly yeah. for my mum. The right. midwife was it. very unkind. Oh. She was, it was awful. I had gone blue. Oh. She left me in the. Oh, that um, sounds like Maddie's birth. Yeah. <laughs> God, isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? As you're describing it, I'm thinking, uh, parallel, parallel, parallel. Isn't that funny? Oh my god, I know I'm freaking out. That's a bit of a freaky one. Oh my god, I've never thought of it. How come we've never made that connection? Because you just haven't done it. I just think think it's so weird in life Mm, how we can be subconsciously fixing things Mm. that weren't right when we were children. Mm. Isn't that bizarre? I mean, you've just described the same experience. If I was to give the headline sort of details. Oh god, I wish my mum wasn't so shy. Wouldn't it be great to get my mum to tell her story? Yeah, fascinating. Because I just know that. I know that I was blue. I know that my mum was really scared I was going to... I don't know if she was scared I was going to die, but there was a lot of fear. Right. She said I was blue and then she just put me down and mum couldn't get to me. That was it. Mm. And it had been very traumatic, difficult birth. Um, but strangely, mm. it had never occurred to me for one minute that I would go into hospital to have my baby. Mm. I mean, my sister had had... 
her first one in hospital because I think her partner at the time had insisted that she would have it in hospital. Right. Um, but she had her second one at home. Um, we use complementary medicine here. I mean, we use doc. We go. We would go to. I would go to a doctor if I needed a doctor. I would have an operation if I needed an operation. Same with our children. But I am basically. I do everything holistically. So I have homeopathy, um, osteopathy, recently acupuncture, Anything else? aromatherapy. <laughs> aromatherapy. So we're much more natural, natural well, household. You are. Well, a case in point here is that that's exactly what we are and Nadia is. And yet when I first met you, it was the one part of you that I thought was absolutely crackers. <laughs> I mean, beyond crackers. And, and you know our homeopath is one of your closest well, friends. homeopath is, is one of my dear, dear, dearest friends. And I buy into an enormous amount of it but I don't buy into it as much as I say I'd say you do, and I think there, there, there's a slight distinction there. But I think back in back in the day, as chats and conversations started to develop around how you were going to go into labour, the more and more crack that they got, the more and more fearful I got. But maybe you should start to share what your thoughts were as soon as you got pregnant. Yeah. So okay. my 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 in, in, straight away, I was like going to have this home birth. I was going to have a water birth. And if I'm honest, I didn't really ever consider asking you what you thought. No. Because I did know that effectively, and disclaimer here, like a warning sign here, my first birth, I would describe it as uh, myself as a survivor of torture. Mm. I am not, I'm not exaggerating. I wasn't prepared for it. This so is a nervous laugh. Don't worry, because the second there. birth, where I did yeah. things very differently, yeah, it was a very positive experience. And we had both, yeah, basically had both extreme experiences. Had both extreme experiences. Um, so my sister was a huge influence on me, my big sister, who we were very, very close to. There's two years between us. And all the t time through growing... And I, I refer to my sister a lot. She didn't know everything, but there's a lot that she knows mm. that I don't know. And mm. she's very much a big sister. Yeah. So, and she's very, very good on all health matters and all of that. And is a huge support. When anybody is ill in the family, she's a very... And she was actually my birthing partner. Yeah, even when I'm you. not ill, she's kind of useful in making me yeah. know that I might yeah. be ill. Uh, <laughs> so, my sister and I decided that I was going to have a home birth. Yeah. It was really nothing to do with you. And then we told you I was having a home birth. Yeah. Which now, if I went back and if somebody's listening and they're talking, I would say, make that more an open discussion. If I was writing a letter to myself, I would say, I mean, I was. I, you still got to make the choices for what you think is going to be right for you because you are going to go through the most difficult thing that mm. you are ever going to do in your life, for sure, if you're doing natural childbirth. But I think if I had my time again, I would just say, look, how do you feel about this? This is what I would really like to do. I've da, da, da. Whereas actually, I just didn't even consider it was anything to do with you. And I don't think that's fair. Well, and it's funny as we're going there now, isn't it funny how these chats really do take you back in time? I do remember feeling particularly aggrieved, actually more aggrieved than I think I probably ever said, because we were kind of still, still yeah. in the honeymoon period. I felt very... I'll just say it how bluntly how I felt. This isn't, you know, this was in, in the, through the jaundiced eyes and heart of an addict. Well, let's not forget, I was an active, big drinker. And of course, yeah. at the point that you became pregnant, I'd lost my biggest drinking buddy. Yeah. Um, 
And so you were kind of becoming purer and cleaner and clarity of mind, clarity of soul, clarity of spirit. I was becoming more and more Jack Daniels, you know, mm. by the day. That's the dog eating someone's esophagus, by the way. Um, and a cow's esophagus, not someone's. And I do remember feeling particularly aggrieved, though again, even back then, there was there was far less sort of chat about these kind of psychoanalytical yeah. thoughts and, and all that. You know, they meant, you know. I mean, I, I felt think, really, I felt really no, annoyed. Was I was no, really annoyed. Yeah, there was no bad intention, and I would say, if you're a man, then, well, maybe you should give the advice. To just say, it, the thing is, it doesn't have to be an argument. You can say, listen, I'm yeah. really excited. Uh, this is what I would say, my advice from a woman's point of view. If you're a man listening to this and you're feeling like it's all running out of your you having any influence, is to say, listen, it's you and your body that's going to go through this. But I'd love to like talk more with you and get more excited about what, what the plans are. But I do think what happens around pregnancy is that there is a gathering of female spirits, always. Women pull to women and they it's like the men have done their bit. This happens in the in the most civilised, middle class, right on, you know, sort of... But this happens everywhere. This happens no, at the beginning of no, time. That, Men my, are moved aside. No, 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 I point. do think, I would say that I think, don't forget women are born for this. No, absolutely. And actually, if I'm really, really honest, mm. I think I would go so far as to say that it's women that should should hold the... That's well, that, why I, well, that's I have a dream of being point. a doula. Yeah. I would love to be a doula and support women in birth. I think, um, I mean, it was Gigi. wonderful. I'm just going to have to let her out. She's, She's eating esophagus and it's very noisy. <laughs> we never edit these, so this is why you're going to hear this bit. Go on, take it outside. Take it outside. Bad dog. Naughty dog. Out you go. There you go. She was really enjoying herself. Um... Yeah, so, you know, in, in my... Yeah, so I think women... I think it's... I think women are drawn to do that because women are drawn to do that. But the thing is, we're so far away from that and natural birth and going out into the field and birthing. And it is, you know, the majority of people will have it in a hospital and will mm. have a very... So why should men be so excluded from it? Because we've gone away from that primal Well, no, but I mean, birthing. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but maybe it is one of just... Maybe men just have to grow up and just get on with it. You know, maybe it's the yeah. the area where they do have to... But I do remember the time it was less about you pulling together with women. I understand all of that. I think men prefer it like that because we can't help in so many areas. Where I got frustrated was, of course, I was coming from a conventional health family. I was getting a lot of earache from mm. my grandmother. I was getting a lot what of earache from my mother. What if she dies? She's old. What yeah, if yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they just thought you were absolutely some lunatic who was going to... She said, I remember my nan saying, well, she may as well go to Peru and have it on a mountain top <laughs> for all the age she's going to have. And yet I do not regret it. No. I feel so... I feel... Both our children were born in this house. That's quite incredible. It's very rare. Yeah. It takes some real fucking guts yeah. to do it because everybody is telling you not to do it. Mm. That's the thing. It's well, hard. that's what I was going to ask. Did you feel there was a huge sweat? So forget oh, the God. People the always say to me, you're a maniac. Right. I mean, I, I was talking about this the other day. I was saying, it's really weird, you know. Like, my polar opposite to this would be somebody that chooses to book a date yes. and have a cesarean, have a major operation yeah. and and have their baby taken out of the sunroof. That's yes. how people do For me, I find that, if I'm really honest, completely horrific to me as an idea. What's scheduling horrific. in your birth? Horrific. 
Yeah, you're having a well, major operation. Some people have them because they have to have it. By yeah, well, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm right. talking about people, and I know quite a few who oh. have booked in, who have paid right. the price, and they book in and they pay for a major operation to have their baby removed from they their pop body. It in their Google planner. Right, but I would never say that to them. I right. just say, oh, okay. I would never say, oh my God, you're mad. But if you're a natural childbirther, people can say anything to you. Mm. I think it's rather like people that are naturally thin that say, God, it's all right for people to go, oh my God, you're so skinny. But you would never say anything about somebody if they were fat. Mm. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of right. analogous to that. Right. It's like you're allowed to say anything to yeah. a natural childbirther. Like any natural childbirther is a crazy hippie that, um, you know, that's made this decision because they're just whacked out. I remember, and it's funny you should say all this, because <clears> I remember going back to a lot of the attitudes were ones of irresponsibility. Irresponsible, all of this stuff, mm. which, which people do say to you all the time. You know, and if you say, well, I didn't have any, well, what pain relief did you have? I didn't have any, didn't have any pain relief. Oh my God. But if I said to someone, you had pain relief, you had an epidural, yeah, I would be called, I would shame them. But we're allowed to shame back at natural childbirthers and breastfeeders and it's, it's quite, it, it's, but it's, it's is it not born of the same prejudice that people have about anyone who tries to medicate themselves in a holistic manner? It's that, yeah. it's that sort of arched eyebrow, pernicious sort of... Mm. I, d I don't mind somebody having the pin. I don't mind somebody saying, oh no. my God, that's really unusual. Or, but I do think I, that there's a me. real disparity yeah. with that, that people are allowed to say to me, and always do, yeah. you, you nutcase. I would never say to someone they're a nutcase right. for booking in to have a caesarean. Or, or deciding to have an epidural, which is, you know, a big deal yeah. to have an epidural. Yeah, it's a big deal to have that. But in your spine, I just, I was never, the thing was, part of why I chose to have a home birth, there was lots of different reasons, but one of the reasons was I was really scared I might get tempted to have an epidural if I was in hospital, right. and I was adamant that I wasn't going to have an epidural right. for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. People can look that up themselves, but I had really researched that and yes. I had made the decision that that wasn't something that mm. I wanted to do because I'd looked at the figures and all of this. So, and I knew, because it's really easy, I can go into a pub with absolutely a hundred, at this time, back then, I would I could go into a pub fully with the, fully, um, with sorry, having made the decision that I was gonna, wasn't going to have a gin and tonic, and yet somebody could say, oh, go on, have a gin and tonic, and I'd go, yeah, all right. So I was really so worried I that I would be in hospital and someone would go, go on, have an epidural. Oh, and go, yeah, oh, right, okay. Okay, okay. Sorry, that was a bit muddled, but you stuck with me there. So <clears throat> I wanted to protect myself from going down the drug route. Right. Was that your primary ask, reason? Ask people how many books I read about childbirth. Oh, I right. had a pile of books. You were reading them as you were in the birthing book. Yeah. So I, every decision I made was an informed decision. Mm. I did never wanted to be induced because for me, and this is again the research that I'd done, once you go into that, you know, it's then... There's a whole set of circumstances that will often happen after you've been induced. So as long as the baby was fine, I was prepared to go to however many weeks. In France, you can go up to 42 weeks. So, you know, fingernails are growing long and all of that. I would have done all wow. of that. Because a teenager. the longer a baby's in there, the heavier the, the heart. And, and of course, I was having all my checkups with my yeah, midwife. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I didn't want to be induced because people... Because I'd got impatient with mm. being pregnant mm. or because... People were trying to hurry me along. Mm. So, I, so every decision I made was because I wanted a natural childbirth and I wanted 
the baby to be as strong and as healthy as possible. It's weird going back to the narrative running up to the actual birth itself because I'm reminded of how judged you were because of course mm. I was doing part of the judging quietly mm. uh, not from a horrible sense no but I think it's intention I think you were worried about me and worried was. about the baby and I think as any again and I think the role of the father is one of having the 50 p's doing the practical shit checking the motor's okay the engine's okay to do a long distance drive and if the engine is not in, even in the car but it's on the road or in your in your bedroom, you're like, mm, I need the rest of the vehicle here to make this journey safe. Mm. You know, and I felt that all the key constituent elements were there. There did come a point though, where I'd use the analogy of, you know, those snakes that have sort of like a long snake that wiggles, waggles. Mm. It felt like that was getting, as that got longer and longer mm. and we were getting closer and closer, I realized all choice, re, any influence I could have on it, went out the window. Well, it was very, very difficult because a few weeks before um, I gave birth, an acquaintance, not a friend, somebody that I just knew in this area, not far from where we live, um, had a home birth and lost the baby. Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, we didn't want to tell you because we were worried about you. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Her partner since wrote a book about it, actually. Really? Yeah. Um, and that was a very scary time for me. Mm. Um, but I was just so determined. I was just so determined. See, if I'd have known that, I would have, I, I would have doubled down on some kind of... I didn't. I knew myself and I knew that if I was in a hospital... These are some of the things that I didn't want to happen that would happen in a hospital. Things that I'd heard. I didn't want a changing shift of different people mm. coming in. I'm actually quite... I'm very shy physically. Mm. I didn't... I wanted to be able to just birth and just be going, and just like sure. not be like who else is coming in here yeah, I don't really I I very very controversial belief very and I know loads of people are going to go crazy at me I don't like male gynecologists I just don't I think it's weird I think it's weird too. I don't like male <laughs> gynecologists and I didn't want to, every time I've had a smear I've insisted on a woman mm. I didn't want a man looking up my nun I wanted mm. to make my choices about who was here for the most important Important thing thing, that was ever going to happen in my life I wanted to choose Mm. who was going to be in the room Um, and on that note I chose a midwife that came very very highly recommended an independent midwife I had to have an independent midwife to be able to have my my home birth because Mm. of my age I couldn't just use Mm. um, and it's very difficult with the independent home birth you don't get insurance all kinds of it's it's quite a big thing to have an independent home birth but you're going to get somebody that is very much into natural childbirth. Mm. Now, unfortunately, that midwife couldn't do it and she changed me over oh, to a midwife. Right. I remember, I remember. And this is one of my big regrets. Now, this midwife is probably a wonderful midwife with other midwives, but if I'm absolutely honest, and this is what breaks my heart when I talk about my birth, mm. because part of the reason why I wanted a home birth was I really, really wanted to choose who was there. And right when I first met her, I didn't like her. Mm. I didn't connect with her. Not her fault. No. But I just, you know, when you have that human mm. connection and I didn't have it. And if, and honest to God, it's taught me a life lesson that. Because I was like, after everything that went wrong with that birth, I was like, I'm going to be more brutally honest in my life. Because I should have said on that day, she's not right for me. And I couldn't because I didn't want to hurt her feelings. So because I didn't want to hurt her feelings, you were I had the wrong person in you the room for me. I labor. was people pleasing. I was TV presentering. I was a TV presenter. Mm. Oh, hi, yeah. Oh, God, it's great. And I was like, I don't like her. Mm. I don't like her. Oh, my God. 
Oh, sweetie. Mug. Could just take me right back there, right now. No, no, don't get up. I'm alright, don't get up. <sighs> and then if you add, if you add. No, just give me one minute. Yeah, no, I'm just gonna just say that. I didn't like her. Yeah. And again, this is why, even though that birth, and I think we're probably gonna have to do two podcasts mm. on this, um, my next birth is such an amazing story because mm. I learnt the lessons from my first birth. Mm. And that, I mean, in a way it's weird because even though it went wrong, the home birth, it still was the right decision, but mm. I made the wrong decisions within the run-up to it mm. because it proved to me I had the wrong person in the room. Yeah. So if I'd been in a hospital, and honestly, from women that I've spoken to, and I've because I've interviewed a lot of women, mm. when I was doing um, my show, City Hospital, I've literally spoken to dozens and dozens mm. of women about their birth, and so often... They haven't liked the person that's been there looking after them, birthing them. Of course, people have amazing mm. experiences where they have the best midwife and those midwives are them. So I have such huge respect for midwives. I think midwives have, have been taken over a lot by, by um, uh, you know, the doctors. And I think they've lost a lot of those skills, those incredible mm. skills that midwives have to turn a baby inside you, all those mm. amazing things. Well, it's things. funny, but I wouldn't say, you don't be so hard on yourself. You made a lot of the right decisions. I mean, you were in an invidious position, really. You knew you wanted to do this. One of the things that helped me, again, in a very practical male way, was you were reading all the books, you were talking to all the people, you were taking the advice. I remember talking to myself with a, a radical unbirther in America, and we weren't going that extreme. No, uh, no they are people that birth completely on, on their, their own, own with nobody without, in the room. Without anyone in the room. But I was having a really compelling and interesting and investigative chat with this woman in the, in the States, who's the leading proponent. Sorry, her name escapes me at the moment. Um, but, uh, and I... <laughs> Do you remember when I talked to the woman, the woman who was blind? Yes. And had to have one yes. birth, home birthed one baby on her own and was having her second baby with on not a own. single person yeah. with her. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> radical, but I mean, that's, that's, that's radical. Whole, that's, that's not radical. for me. It's well, illegal one, in this country. One thing it did tell me was, I'm pleased we're not doing that. It suddenly made what we were, choices we were making seem quite sort of medicaled up and like we were medicaled up to the hill. Um, but within all of that, you were making the right choices. I do think it just went awry towards the end because of a, a personnel problem, but it was the key personnel involved, really. But also compounding the problem, and this can't be underestimated, was the ticking clock of Christmas, which was a huge spectre over the very night. Well, night, it was two nights. You were in labour for, you know. I mean, in a sense, where we're at, we've almost done the build-up to labour, and you feel you could do labour in an entirely different chat. I think we'll have to do like because because well I think we'll have to do the labour in a different chat. But what I would say is so mistake one was that I didn't get the connection. That mistake number one was the reason I wanted a home birth. One of the main reasons was I wanted the choice of who was in the room with me at mm. the most magical special. Mm. I think thing. you had that choice up until quite late in, didn't you? Yeah. And then it changed. Yeah. And then it changed. So that was my mistake number one. My mistake number two was. Birthing pool? No, 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 oh. that's another one. Was that I had signed up for an incredibly intense antenatal course, to which I only went to two of, and I had signed up for birthing yoga, to which I only went to one of. Antenatal being 
you know, the classes. Classes, the prenatal. So prenatal, prenatal. No, they're called antenatal classes. And postnatal. Oh. Yeah. Antenatal is before. Oh, right. And, yes, but in my head, I'd gone to them. Right? right, so I'd done yoga, I'd done my full antenatal course, but I'd, all I'd done was pay for them. But I hadn't actually Just gone like to Just like you do them. with yoga now. But I had read and read and read and read and read about everything, but I hadn't right. actually done it. But in my head, I had right. better, very much better birth with the second birth when I actually went to these things. Um, also, I worked up till the last minute and I was filming Passport to the Sun and I was travelling abroad and I was doing 12-hour days in, and mm. I was totally exhausted mm. by the time it came to going into labor if there is any way you can afford to have time off mm. before you go a proper time off and you don't spend that time decorating your house emptying the loft doing all that sort of stuff that would be my greatest bit of advice walk swim exercise but rest mm. you are going to it's not called labor for no reason. Mm. And so I was an older mum. I was exhausted. I hadn't prepared in the way that I had. I, in the way that I did for my second baby. And I wasn't happy with the person that was in the room with me. And I wasn't happy that there was three gallons of water. No, more than that. Three tonnes of water in our kitchen. Yeah. N- next, a big, um, big, <laughs> yeah, big mistake was... I had decided that water, because I'm a complete water baby, I love, mm. I love to be by water, like nothing would make me happy. Where we're to sitting have a now pool. is where the water pool was, right here. Yeah, right here, right, right here. this exact spot. Mm. So I love the sea, I love to be by the sea. If I'm sad, if I'm lonely, if I'm happy, whatever, a bath makes everything better. So I... We brought the sea to Nadia. So I just assumed, and I put too big a thing on this, I built this up in my head too much that the water was going to sort out everything, was going to soothe everything. And I put too much on that psychologically. Mm. So um, when that didn't happen, when it didn't go that way, it was such a crushing, massive disappointment. Psychologically, it was a huge, huge problem in Mm. my birth. But I really think that we should do this. I think think we we need to start another podcast. So do you think, yeah, we should do a blow by blow account of the first birth, really? Because it was an incredibly long one. Yes. Incredibly long. So I think let's take it up to here. Mm. Um, and anything up to this point that you would think from the male's point of view, like when I was reading um, and not I, doing well, antenatal. You I... came to one antenatal class, but then you didn't come to anymore. Well, probably because I was busy. I mean, yeah, you we were, were both incredibly So do you have regret about that? I have, yes, I have regret, but I think I probably was underplaying because we were so early. I think the. the how early we were in our relationship was a huge contingent part of this. I do remember at times thinking, oh Christ, she was a woman of a certain age. This was my paranoia moment. Uh, she's a woman of a certain age. She just wants a baby. It doesn't really matter who I am. And I'm just superfluous to the entire situation. No, these, these are the thoughts that men have sometimes. That oh they're just kind gosh, of, I can't believe you yeah. thought that. I, don't know, but I, I was thinking it in a jaundiced, oh, damaged... Sh- hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. You, you aren't, can I just go well, off well, into jaundice damage? I know, but I have damage. so many terrible thoughts that are just... You, you will always say, oh, that's ridiculous. Well, it was one of those thoughts, but because... That's so you, sad. That makes me felt, sad. That makes me... very outside that of makes, things. That leaves me feeling well, sorry, sad that you, that you felt that. like that. Because 
I had the no, opportunity to have babies with everybody that I went out with, wanted to get married no, no. and wanted to have babies. So that's just not no, the case. And, and it was compounded in, <clears throat> I keep stressing, listener, viewer, in my jaundiced, you know, it you know, no one's fully confident at the mm. beginning of a relationship. Yeah, and that. we were making earth-shatteringly enormous decisions. We decided to have a baby, we were married, it was all happening very quickly. And I think... We often joke about the speed with which and the whirlwind. I suppose I would have thought that if I'd been yeah. there. But yeah. another part of me, because because your sister became so involved with it, because your family was so important to you, I felt very much like a satellite on the outside mm. of a swirling solar system mm. that had its own. Your dad, everything, everything about it was We're so self-sufficient. And mm. I literally felt like Pluto, and probably looked like Pluto from the Disney films, going around the very edges. And I would talk to my friends... I'd get quite drunk. I would be talking about the choices you'd made. They'd ask follow-up questions like, is that right? And I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to say. I'd say, it seems mad. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I'd say what I, what I yeah. regret is, is that I wish that maybe I'd said to you, you know, read this, look at this, look at that, because you were on the edge of it. Mm. And I think it would have been better for both of us if you had been, I think you, your fear, just like, oh, I don't want to know anything about it. But I think actually, if you read all the, if you read all the stuff mm. about what natural childbirth is, you might have got, this is all with hindsight, you might have got quite excited about it. Might have done, might have done. But the second one's a great we'll story. The second one is well, a great story. Well, we've got to tell you about the first one, but that's yeah. for another time. Okay, well, there so there we go. You're right, sweetie. I know, it was a very emotional chat. Yeah, God. What's wrong with me? No, I'm fine. <laughs> okay guys uh leave us your comments this might resonate for a number of people and do share with us and we'll take time to have a, have a read and if you're watching this on youtube hit the subscribe button but also hit the notification bell because we we very often do surprise lives and all sorts of things on this channel and if you haven't hit that bell you won't know because youtube won't notify you bye guys bye